Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Jar Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. When it's all said and done, uh, the Tampa Buccaneers, I think, will be the best team in the NFC. Um, you know, Brady knows how to recruit like, like no other. And then, you know, when they add into the draft, I think that I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will be the best team in the NFC. What happened to the Rams? Are the are, are the Rams okay? As far as I know, they're still a team. Hey, is this your dude, by the way? That you? No. Okay, who who was that? Uh, that Damian Damian oh, Woody. Damian Woody. Okay. I still like the Rams. I mean, now you had Bobby Wagner. Come on. What do you think? I like the Bucks. You like the Bucks? Yeah. I mean. Okay. I don't know. Tom Brady. Tom Brady, yeah. Chris Godwin coming off of a pretty... Yeah, Mike Evans. Bi- yeah. Okay. Hey, th- okay, don't bypass Chris Godwin. Like, I didn't say he just came off like a major injury, though. Leonard Fournette. Uh, that's great. <laughs> don't bypass Chris Godwin. Like, he didn't yeah. just come off a major injury, though, huh? I mean, yeah, he did. That is Okay. Yeah. And then, you know, Cam Akers coming back probably fully healthy now. Yeah. Cooper Cup, probably the best wide receiver in the league. Yeah. You know? So... Allen Robinson. Bobby Wagner, one of the best linebackers in the league. Jalen Ramsey, pretty good. Okay. Is, is Aaron Donald okay or not? Something he, happened to him? I think he's okay. Okay. Something happened to him or I'm missing something? Uh, okay. So the Rams are pretty good. No, yeah. Pretty good for sure. Okay. For definitely at least second. <laughs> but you get, you get the Bucks going first. Fair enough. Action Sports, Jags on ESPN 690. What's up, everybody? Austin holding it down here. Casey pushing all the right buttons. We got Brent Martineau coming in momentarily every once in a while to say what's up. Live from Augusta. Did I say live from Augusta? Yeah, we'll say live from Augusta. Why not? Yeah, it sounds better when you say live from Augusta. Yeah. Live from Augusta. But um, if you listen to the last segment, Brent brought up uh, an interesting point, though, about the, the whole Pat Fryermuth thing. And I'm seeing this all around social media, more specifically Twitter. I guess Pat Fryermuth was interviewed and was talking about how he thought the Jacksonville Jaguars were going to draft him at pick 45. And it made a lot of sense because at the time, you know, his former tight end coach from Penn State was in Jacksonville. Like, it, it was a match made in heaven. Jacksonville needed a tight end. Um, you had your former position coach here coaching the tight ends in Jacksonville. Like, I thought it was nothing but a shoe-in. You know, like, like we talked about, every single shock your mock that we had last year, uh, it had Pat Frymuth to the point where we had our start our own little segment called, like, Pat Frymuth Fun Facts. And you know what that segment really brought to light? Absolutely nothing. Because in terms of fun facts, there was no fun facts with Pat Fryermuth. I scoured his Twitter. I scavenged his Instagram. And I don't have Instagram, but there's a ways around it. I tried to scavenge his Instagram. Nothing. All it was was football. So when I saw that, I'm like, okay, this guy only cares about one thing, and that's football. And that's great. Like, that's what you want on your team. The guy obviously is very passionate about the Penn State program and playing the tight end position. So I was very intrigued when Pat Fryermuth looked like he was coming to Jacksonville. Well, it didn't work out. He goes to Pittsburgh. Now in Pittsburgh, I think he had a pretty good rookie season. Would you agree there, Casey? Agreed. Yeah. Do we have the numbers real quick? Because I, I think, I mean, he probably beat out Dan Arnold, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, <laughs> you know, I would tend to believe that as he had 60 catches for 497. Pretty good. And seven. Seven touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That that dominates anything that we had in Jacksonville. It's like 49 points. That's starting to black out a little bit, imagining yeah. a tight end with seven touchdowns here in Jacksonville. I haven't seen that since Mercedes Lewis when I played. Yeah. He, he was a fantasy darling for one year. But 
you know, the, 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 see, first of all, I'm shocked that Pat Frymuth even was ragging on the Jacksonville Jaguars because he doesn't seem like that type of guy. Right. Like, like I said, I did the background checks, right? And he checked out. Didn't seem like a guy that really cares about the spotlight, doesn't want to cause any drama. But he was asked a question. He spoke his piece, and it is what it is. He talks smack about the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, would he rather be in Pittsburgh this year or Jacksonville this year? Well, to me, it's not even close. Yeah. The answer is Pittsburgh. Yeah. Because it's Pittsburgh. Yes. Because we're in Jacksonville. No, I'm not trying to hit on the Jacksonville Jaguars, but let's call a spade a spade here. This team the past couple of years hasn't been in the best optics. Yes, you have Trevor Lawrence. Yes, you have Doug Peterson. Yes, you spent the most money all time in free agency, and all that looks great on paper. But you know what? That's paper. Paper doesn't win you ball games. Playing football on the field, culture, that wins you ball games. We're not sure where this team's at yet, right? I can tell you this. I understand that Ben Roethlisberger's gone, even though I'm not so that Ben Roethlisberger was really that good of a quarterback last year because I watched a couple of games. I had uh, Deontay Johnson in fantasy, and Roethlisberger could have better get the ball. I'm just saying that much, okay? That's all I'm going to say about that. So, yeah, is, is Mitch Trubisky a downgrade from Ben Roethlisberger? Maybe. But, like, I don't think Big Ben was all that towards the end of his career. Yeah. You know, like, you know how I talk about when Tom Brady, like, when he went out, he was still on top? Ben Roethlisberger was not on top. Ben Roethlisberger was, like, the Drew Brees effect, you know, where it was like, okay, we appreciate what you did for the game. Um, you know, we're going to have a celebration for you and everything, but it's kind of evident that it's probably time to go. That's how I felt about Big Ben. Nothing against Big Ben, but I think that's what it looked like. So would Pat Frymuth rather be in Pittsburgh or Jacksonville right now? I mean, if I'm Pat Frymuth personally, I think I'm happy in Pittsburgh. I think I'm happy with, with Mike Tomlin being my coach. I think I'm happy, you know, playing with a, a pretty talented roster outside of a quarterback, but that can always change as well. That's one trade away or one draft pick away from, from changing. So I think Pat Fryman is pretty happy where he's at. At the same time, if you're a Jaguars fan, don't worry about it. You know, like I said, give the T-Rex effect. Just don't say anything, right? If you don't say anything in front of a T-Rex, it just goes away. Just let, let Pat Fryman do his thing. Just like when Jason Kelsey was talking smack about Jacksonville, just let Jason Kelsey do his thing, okay? Until this team starts winning games and gets respect, that's how it's going to be, okay? Not saying it's right or wrong, just saying that's the way the game works. There was a time that the Cleveland Browns were the laughing stock of the NFL. There was a time back in 2010 when I was getting drafted that me and everybody in my draft class was worried that when we had our phone call on draft day, it was going to be a Cleveland number because we were dreading it. Nobody wanted to go play for Cleveland. It was a clown show. Well, I'm not saying that's what Jacksonville is right now, but what I'm saying is that seasons change, okay? And right now you have a team on paper that can probably turn things around. But until they do, let, let the pop shots, let, let the cheap jokes fly, and then let's go ahead and prove everybody wrong this year, you know? But until that time, I'm not going to hold Pat Frymuth accountable. I'm not going to hold Jason Kelsey accountable. I will hold, like, the NFL media accountable if they want to take yeah. shots about the city. Now, the team is one thing. The city is another thing, and, and you know how I feel about that. We've been over this before. But I'm just saying it takes respect to uh, – I'm sorry. You got to give respect to get respect or whatever they say. And right now, teams don't really respect the Jacksonville Jaguars. But you know what? That's what one season can do for you, and I have hope for that. So hopefully by the time it's next year, it's April 4th, we're not talking about you know players getting drafted, taking pop shots on the Jacksonville Jaguars, but it's just the reality that we live right now until we prove everybody wrong. Hey, so, real what, do you, quick, what do you got? I want to tell you something that happened. Yeah. And this, this is real. 
It's confusing. Okay. But it's real. Okay. The Eagles and the Saints have agreed on a trade. That says sees the Saints receive the 16th pick, the 19th pick, and the 194th pick in this year's draft. Okay. So that's two first-rounders. Yeah. In return, the Eagles will get the 18th pick. Okay. Pick 101, pick 237, and then a first and second rounder next year. So what happened was, to break it down for you. Please. because The Eagles had three first-round picks this year. Correct. They traded two of those away in return for another one this year. So that goes from three to two. But then you also gain a first-round pick next year. Okay. So no players have moved. But more, more or less what happened is they will now have two first-round picks this year yeah. as well as two next year. Yeah. And the Saints now have two first-round picks this year. This year. And where are the Saints picking again one more time? Uh, that would be 16 and 19. So they moved up to 16, They right? moved up to 16. They were at 18. So yes. QB, right? You would think? I mean, I, I have to say how the draft order shakes out. But there's a reason why that happened. Yeah. Like, that's just not, I mean, because especially when there's no players involved. Yeah, it's weird. That's yeah. why I wasn't sure if it was real. So I had to do some research, but it is real. Now, is, is, are you sure it's real? It's definitely okay. real, yeah. Okay. And who's reporting this? Adam Schefter, the real one. Oh, wow. The Blue real one. Mark. Blue yeah. checkbook and everything. Um, all right. Let's see this draft order here real quick. Okay. So the Saints go to 16. So And 19. The Eagles are now But they were at, picking at 8? The Eagles are now at 15 and 18. Okay, so come with me real quick, though, Casey. Yep. The Saints before were at 18. Yes. They traded up to 16. Yes. The teams that were in front of them were the Chargers and the Eagles. That was it. So, like, why would you trade up two spots? Because the Chargers aren't taking a, a quarterback. I think the Eagles still like Jalen Hurts. So what are the Saints doing? Um, I would say if it's not a trade-up to get a quarterback, like you mentioned, I would say they realize – they're in a spot where they haven't had a lot of good young talent come in. Sure. And you maybe like two players that you think are going to go around that time. Yeah. And you've decided that you can pass on next year's one to make sure you have an opportunity to get both of these guys. Or does it potentially come another package where you move those picks to go higher? That's what I was thinking. Uh, so two situations here. One, do you move that package to get up to get your quarterback? Or is Michael Thomas on the trading block and they're trying to get wide receivers to replace him? Interesting. Could be. I That's a possibility that. as well. I feel like we're playing shock and mock right now a little bit. This is crazy. <laughs> yeah. Hey, real quick, though. Uh, one last thing. Let's, let's put it to rest here on Pat Frymuth and hopefully never have to talk about him again in the next year or so, yeah. unless he's, he's on my fantasy football team. Sure. Frymuth said that he would rather, you know, I mean, he's happy that he's not in Jacksonville. Now, this year, you can maybe make up a, an argument and say, you know, maybe Jacksonville has a better situation than Pittsburgh, but I don't buy into it. Let's just say for the sake of the argument, though, Casey, and this is a game here. Mm-hmm. Let's say I pay you $1,000 for every team that the Jacksonville Jaguars have a better record than this year. Now, here's the caveat. If you pick one team that finishes ahead of Jacksonville, you don't, you don't get the money. How many teams are you willing to go out on a limb right now and say, you know what, the Jaguars will have a better record than, and I will spot 1000 bucks on that? No, I'm not, I'm not actually spotting. I'm just saying for the, yeah. for the game. I'm, uh, not, I'm not giving you $1,000. I definitely feel comfortable that I can come up with two teams. Give, give, let's hear them. The Lions. Yes. And the Jets. And the Jets. I didn't say the Texans. You didn't, I was waiting for the Texans. I can't do it. So right now you can sit here and tell me for two grand. Only two grand. You can get five, six grand. Yeah. You're telling me only the Lions and the Jets you're confident with. Yep. 
And you're gonna take your two grand and go home. Yep. I'm gonna okay. take my two grand and go home. Okay. Because there's no other AFC teams I can comfortably. I thought the Texans, but I can't comfortably go Texans, there at this point. The Texans could be a gamble. And the other teams I thought about was like the Giants. Mm-hmm. But I don't love it. <laughs> like I, I, I can't be in love with any of these other options. Sure. Sure. Okay. Two teams. I got you. Well, that that's very telling right there. And then the Steelers. Would you say there's probably more teams? What do you mean? I'm saying if I was to pay you a thousand dollars for every team that the Steelers beat out in record yeah. runs, at, right. at least three, because you throw. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, then hey, the prosecution rests. All right. Let's get into shock your mock here. It can't be bargained with. It can't be reasoned with. It doesn't feel pity or remorse or fear. And it absolutely will not stop. Ever. I am shocked and appalled. I am shocked and chagrined. Mortified and stupefied. So you tried to play GM and you started a mock. So I go to my boy, Money Martin, I'll be popping in the truck. We sell the mud. Gonna suck your mop. 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 Okay. So between the breaks... I lifted my shirt up, and Casey obviously concerned, wondering what the heck I was doing. Mm-hmm. Sure, I had to get a point. The I had to, I had to express what what the, what the whole goal of shock your mock is today, right? Because Casey, let's be honest. Last week we came out strong. All right, we did. We we came out the gates on all cylinders. DK Metcalf forty yard dash. That was gonna have a heart attack a couple times. Okay. Yes. With that being said, Casey, it, it's fight week. You know what I'm saying? UFC's in town. They're in Jacksonville. Okay. Mm-hmm. There's a heavyweight on the card. Maybe yeah. a guy gets hurt on a Monday or Tuesday. Maybe I get the call last second. So I can't be exhausting myself like I usually do during Shock Your Mock because we got to save our heart rate up here, Casey, Absolutely. right? Yeah. So when you're asking, hey, Austin, why are you lifting up your shirt and being all weird in the studio? You know what I was doing? I was putting on a heart rate monitor. Okay. So right Makes now sense, I, I have a heart rate monitor um, around my chest. And usually my resting heart rate, it's around 60. Yeah, it's a flex. Okay. It's pretty impressive. I, I, Is I know. that good? A resting heart rate of 60? Yeah. I think so. I, I honestly don't know. I'm not a doctor. I'm Maybe I'm almost dead. I don't know. I think it's good. It feels good. I mean, it's, 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 it's a beat per second. I'll take that. But since we get into the show, since I start eating, well, then, you know, the, 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 the blood pressure and the heart rate goes up a little bit. So I have a goal today because, once again, Casey, it's UFC Fight Week. It is. And it's Fight Week for you, too, sir. Because if we, if we go to the event, say I'm not fighting, yeah. but we still go to the event. What happens if Jake's, Jake Paul's there? What happens if, if that's a good, like Jake Paul is smack? What are you going to do? you going to back me up or are you just going to run away? Oh, I'm here. You're going to back me up, yeah. right? So it's fight week for both of us. It is. So let's get our heart rates down as much as possible and conserve our energy because we have a big show on Saturday. We do. So with that being said, the goal of um, Shock Your Mock today, I'm wearing the heart rate monitor. I'm holding up to the camera if you can see it. I have to keep my heart rate under 95 beats per minute. Now, I'm at 93 already. Holy cow. Okay, so I got to calm down just a little bit. But that's the goal today. So I'm not going to be going off the rails. going to be nice, calm, and collected, keeping that heart rate within the zone. So with that being said, let's get into Shock Your Mock. Week 2, Day 1, coming to you by at Sean2234. Get a new name. 
Okay, I mean, take I know. take take the numbers out of it. But this kid, uh, I call him a kid because it's UNF class of twenty five. And, and you know what? Way to get an education. Hey, at a good university. First of all, congratulations on that prime education. Um, tell coach I say what's up. But also, Casey, this is my money demographic right here. Right? What, what, These are your people. What, what, we're talking the millennials. We're talking the Generation Zs. Um, is it good for advertising and endorsements? Probably not, but I don't really care because at the end of the day, body armor, though. I cater to the youngs, okay? I, I don't cater to the olds, right? <laughs> Me and the olds, sometimes we don't see eye to eye. Sure. And if you're wondering, are you an old or not, if you watched the Grammys last night and you, and you saw John Basti perform and you said, I don't know, I think this guy's a little too much for my liking, and you turn the channel, well then, well, then you're an old, okay? <laughs> then, then you're an old. So go ahead and just put a sticker that says old on your forehead so I know for future reference. And if you're not like that and you say, hey, you know what? This John Basti kind of guy, you know, winning all the Grammys? I kind of dig it. Well, then congratulations. You hear my demographic. It's great to have you. Welcome. We have refreshments and catering in the back, and the pool is warm. Go and dip your toes into it, okay? So with that being said, oh, wait, one more thing. If I'm at the Blues Festival at Jack's Beach on a Sunday with my son, and you come up to me and say, hey, can I text you my shock your mock so you can do it Monday? I'm going to tell you, no, man, unfortunately, there's rules, right? There's a cue. How many times do I have to come on Shock Your Mock and say, just tweet at me, it'll get added to the queue, and then we'll eventually get to you? There's no jump cuts. There's no politics. It's just the first ones that I see, I add to the queue, and we go from there. If you want to slip me a $5 bill, I'll say thank you, but unfortunately, I'm a man of principles. Now, if it was $20, then I would get you to the front of the queue, but it was $5, so nope, I'm a man of principle. With that being said, Casey, let's keep our heart rates low calm, collected, and let's get into Shock Your Mock. It's going to be tough because Sean is a genius. <clears throat> okay. Well, uh, apparently we're, we're just, um, we're, we're trading. <clears throat> okay. So trying to keep the heart rate low here, the Jacksonville Jaguars apparently traded <laughs> the number one overall pick for the eighth pick, the 43rd pick, the 58th pick, and a first rounder of 2023. And if you're not watching this at home or, you know, on your cell phone and you're just listening to this, I'm sorry. I'm already getting frustrated because this is way too many transactions going on for the first pick of the draft, but whatever. We got two first round picks. We got one next year. We can't, we can't, it's not men where I can't go in the future and say, well, in 2023, who should they take? So we just got to eat that pick, I guess. And now we're picking that pick number 80. Oh, and by the way, is Atlanta taking Malik Willis with the number one pick or what's going on here? Yeah, I'll go with that. Is that, is that, is that what happened? Yeah, it's a, it's a scheme fit. A scheme fit for Atlanta? Okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, PFF loved it because they gave that great, uh, they gave it an A, but whatever. Okay. Heading in for the Lions. Okay. Yeah. So then I guess we'll just go to pick number eight, the first pick of the first, or the first pick for the Jaguars in the first round. Already messing me up. Uh, and Casey, I regret putting the heart rate monitor on. You should. Because this guy is right in your alley. This is right in your wheelhouse. You've been singing this guy's praises forever, and you know what? This no longer is a shock your mock. This is a Casey and Austin, Drake, London collaboration. Pick number eight, Drake, London, Casey, hit it. And London catches with one hand. Touchdown, USC. Team in the after London. Talk about the catch of the year. Yeah, Drake, London, not known as the speedster, but he gives a double move here. Really nice shot. And look, just give this guy a chance. He will go up and make the play. Look at what he can do, making guys miss. Good things happen when you continue to feed the beast that can't be covered. And Drake London can't be covered. Okay. I was at 92. That song put me at 104. 
So now, so now we're failing with the heart rate monitor, but totally worth it. Casey, Drake London is a guy you've been singing a lot for his praises. PFF gave it an A. PFF maybe finally got one right. Go ahead and break us off with why do you love Drake London so much? Well, you heard it in the highlights there. I mean, obviously, he cannot be covered. Mm-hmm. You can. There's not a human alive that can cover this man. He does incredible things. Not the world's fastest man. I'm not going to lie. I'm probably not going to hit the Lightning McQueen speed button. Okay. But this guy's just a ego gets the football. Yeah. He, he's talented. He's a number one receiver. He's the best receiver in this draft. He's the best receiver in the last couple of drafts. He's going to make Jamar Chase look like he's playing in the USFL. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this guy is legit. This is a great mock. Uh, Sean. <laughs> First of all, you're well, a genius. First, first of all, we're la- it's one pick. Okay, keep no, going. First okay. of all, you're a genius. You went to UNF. Good man. Hope you're in the communications department, but if not, UNF's still good. And then you picked Drake London. As far as I'm concerned, we can be friends. Okay. Now, the 40-yard dash, we didn't obviously get that. If you were to guesstimate, what are we thinking? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm going to... Casey, if we're taking him at, like, number eight, I'm yeah. going to need at least a four or five out of you. I really am. Oh, I'd say we're definitely comfortably in the four-six range. Four-sixes. I would guess. First round pick. the fastest man. First round pick, 4-6. But he can't be guarded. You can have John Ross. That's fine. You got John Ross locked up. I didn't say I needed John Ross, but there's other wide receivers out there is all I'm saying. All I'm saying is this is the guy. Okay. This is the guy. 4-6 Drake London. Okay, well, I'm going to note that. Okay, pick number 33. Boy Mafe, 6-4. Okay, first of all, I was out of Minnesota, so you know how I feel about that immediately. Being a Wisconsin guy... It's hard for me to keep my heart rate down, but I'm trying my best. He's 6'4", 261, ran a 4'5". Now, that's, that's blazing. It's, it's not a button-worthy blazing, but for his size and his height, that's blazing. Fun fact about Boye Mafe, his name translates to King Meets with Dignity. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I was doing the hard-hitting research for this guy. I want to know more about him. Um, this guy could be this year's freak. All right, in terms of like a Micah Parsons, if you look at the numbers, you look at the intangibles, um, off the charts, okay? Where you have to be careful, though, at taking this guy in the second round, and obviously this is going to be Red Rush is probably going to be starting over Caleb on Chase on, is that he's extremely raw. Now, the player comparison was Rashawn Gary, which I didn't like because set aside from, I think, the size, I don't know if Rashawn Gary's style translates to what this guy's bringing to the table. If I was going to compare this dude to somebody, it would be Ziggy Ansah uh, from, I think, was might have been 12 or 11, the draft, when the Lions took him out of BYU. It's a guy that has all the physical tools, has all the athleticism, but still plays at an extremely raw level and needs the right coaching, needs the right hands to cultivate the best out of Boye Mafe. Now, when we talk about that, well... If you take him at pick number 33, he's got to come in and contribute right away, and I'm not sure if he can do that. So being as calm as possible, 92 right now in the heart rate monitor, I think there could be better edge rushers out there. Now, I think, I'm sure Jermaine Johnson's probably gone. But if you, if you take a guy in the second round, and he's got to come in and contribute right away and replace Caleb on Chase on, I need a guy who's more polished, who can step in day one and not skip a beat, and I'm not sure if Boye Mafe is going to be that guy. Let's go on to the next pick. No, we can't go on to the next pick because now we got more trades coming, okay? The Jacksonville Jaguars, I guess, traded for pick number 38, and in doing so, they gave away pick number 65, pick 70, pick 197, pick 198, pick 222, and pick 235. Am I getting a little upset? Yep. Am I trying to remain calm? Absolutely. Do you think the New York Jets want six picks? 
Well, now I'm getting worried about my over under thousand dollar thing. Well, do, well, do you, six football players. Do, do you think the New York Jets want six picks out of nowhere? And by the way, PFF gave this uh, this trade a D, and yeah, I'm not I'm not opposed to it. Um, but with that being said, they take Christian Harris at pick number thirty eight. Okay. Now, once again, remaining calm, remaining collected, six foot. Six foot. I, 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 I want to say six foot. Six foot. I, I want to say six foot three. Nope, six foot. Uh, six foot two twenty six. Hey, six foot seven foot eight. Nope, six foot six foot six foot up. So six feet tall, two hundred twenty six pounds, uh, and you ran a four four. Not speed. It's not. It's not the button speed, but it's speed, and that's Christian Harris out of Alabama. When you say Alabama and you think of linebackers, yeah. They're, they're a special type of breed, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's more bang for your buck, right? Like, you, you go get your cornerbacks from LSU, okay? You go get your running backs from Wisconsin, and you go get your linebackers from Alabama. So I'm not mad at it, but when you look at what, what it says about Christian Harris, so this guy's going to come in and start right away, and that's obvious. And if you look at his stats, five of his ten career sacks came in an SEC championship game or a college football playoff game. You know what that means? Dude's a gamer. Dude's a gamer underneath the brightest of lights. He's got all the physical tools, but at the end of the day, pick number 38, he can come in and fill it. I'm not mad at it. I'm kind of mad that PFF gave it a B minus. I think actually he's, I mean, he's, an, he's a linebacker from Alabama. How bad can he be? I will say this, though. The only negatives about him is, is that he's not the best cover guy. And scouts are wondering how his mental IQ is going to translate to the next level in terms of reading coverages, covering running backs, tight ends, and all of that. I think in this defense coming up, he's not going to have to do that because you have another linebacker that can, you know, fill that role. So he's going to be asked to more just be an athlete and come downhill. But it still makes you wonder a little bit. But let's go on because I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to spread this out as much as possible because we only have like five picks here to do. So it's, it's kind of, you know, whatever. Uh, pick number 43, Travis Jones, Connecticut. They play football? In Connecticut, yeah. Um, this is a basketball team, maybe. You know, here's the thing about Travis Jones. And now, and Casey, stop being a hater, though, because you have to go look at Travis Jones and see what he can bring to the table. Mm-hmm. All right, this is your prototypical 4-3 nose tackle. All right, this dude weighs, like, around 340 pounds, like 6'4". He's got all the physical tools. He's obviously has an anchor. Nobody's going to move him. He's going to command double teams. But my issue in the second round is, do you need a road grader type defensive tackle or do you need a guy that can come in and get after the quarterback? And I think I'd go with the latter here. Now, I did some research on him. I'm like, well, okay, well, I see a guy like Vita Vea, right? Vita Vea was, was heralded as, like, this big guy out of Washington who was a big run stuffer, and eventually maybe he had the athleticism to become a good pass rusher. Well, Vita Vea is an absolute dominant specimen in the NFL, so much so that he plays nose tackle, and I actually know his name. How many nose tackles do you know, Casey, honestly? Akeem Nix or Spence. Sure, sure, yeah. the Bears. Yeah, but he plays a little three every once in a while. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but my point is not too many. Yeah, no. Right? So then it begs the question, could Travis Jones be like a Vita Vea? No, I don't think so. I don't, I, I don't think he has the, the, the straight burst. Now, even though his 40-yard dash was better than Vita Vea's is, what scouts are saying and everything is like Vita Vea out of college, they knew he was going to be special if they could just kind of get their hands on him and, and, and see what they had with him. Travis Jones is, okay, he's skilled, but he's kind of limited in terms of his movement and what he can do. 
So you essentially spent a second-round pick on a nose tackle, and probably not a nose tackle that you're going to see on passing downs. I don't like that one at all. Uh, pick number 58, Dylan Parham. This is a guy that we've seen at pick 140-something, a guy we've seen in the second round. This guy's all over the place. You know how I feel about this guy. I like him a lot. can play guard. Maybe he can throw him in center. We, I feel like he's been on every single shocker mock so far. This might be the new Pat Fryermuth. Yeah. Might have to get some uh, Parham facts going on for everybody. Casey, maybe make that a button. And then... Uh, and then one more. Oh, no, hold on. We got another trade going on. And I'm trying to remain calm because the heart rate, Casey, it's rising. I'm probably at 110 right now. You traded the 84th pick away for pick 106. Pick one. I'm sorry. You got the 84th pick for pick 106, pick 157, pick 180, pick 188, a 2024. That's two years from now. A 2024 sixth rounder and a 2024 seventh rounder. Will there be football then in 2024? I don't know. I, I, I seriously have no idea. Heart rate, 120. Awesome. Now I'm, now I'm ticked. Now I'm upset. Doesn't matter. We're getting Damian Pierce, pick number 84 from Florida. You know how I feel about him. I love it. Um, I think he if, – if James Robinson or Travis Etienne – can't go right away. Can't go right away. He can fill in and be just fine. I'm a little upset. I had a challenge to keep my heart rate down, and now I didn't because this guy made way too many trades in one draft. Can you imagine this happened? Not really. Can, can you imagine if the Jacksonville Jaguars made all these trades? Do you know what NFL executives would do in terms of? Because you know what happens when the Jaguars are on the clock. Going to commercial. Yeah. But now if the Jaguars are trading with all the picks, oh, executives would be going wild. Well, where do you put the commercials? I mean, I'm not a producer, Casey. You are. You can probably appreciate it. Yeah, I can. Imagine trying to put the commercials in the break when they don't even know where the Jaguars are going to be picking. Because yeah. they're trading all the picks away. It would be absolute chaos. So with can't that being, can't do it. So out of Casey's behalf, I mean, congratulations. You picked Drake London. You're yeah, Casey's yeah. new best friend. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, Sean2234 out of UNF, hey, man. Good luck on those finals. Good luck on those papers. But as far as Shocky Mock's concerned, D minus. You're not that guy, pal. Trust me. You're not that guy. And that's been Shocky Mock. Yeah, that was something, huh? I'm back down to 95. Well, you know. Sorry, Casey. I, I felt like I, I, let the, I let the team down, man. Not, I, not... I, I had one goal. I had one job this whole Shocky Mock. Keep the heart rate under 95. And by the third trade, I mean, do you blame me, though? No, I don't. Okay. No. Sorry, everybody. I, I, see, I went over it when I saw Drake London type thing. Yeah. So, like, you know. So then, I mean. I was calm at that point. Yeah. Just usual sp- suspects. We got Parham. We got Damien Pierce. Yeah. So mm-hmm. then, so regardless of the, of the of the Drake London pick, would you get that shocker mock overall? I mean, you happy with that? You know, too many trades. Too many trades, yeah, man, right? You know. I mean, I appreciate it because I only had to break down like six guys, so I had to extend, you know, the, the talking points and everything. I do appreciate it that at the end of the third round, we could just go do something else. <laughs> like, all right, third round pick, we're done. Let's go play FIFA. Like, I, I can appreciate that. Uh, speaking of doing something else, we're going to have Brent Martineau and Stuart Weber back here after the break. They got more action from Augusta, more golf talk, other topics as well. And then we'll be holding down the fort here, myself and Casey. More on ESPN 690 when we get back. Welcome back to Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Austin holding it down here with my boy Casey pushing all the right buttons. Co-host Brett Martineau on the road at Augusta, Georgia. Showing up for the Masters. 
Casey, okay, so it starts, well, okay, so it starts Thursday, but the when's the par three? Wednesday. Wednesday, okay. So par three starts Wednesday. Tournament starts Thursday. Brent's there getting some, you know, early footage in, doing some stories there. But we also got Brent and Stewart um, talking about being at the Masters and also talking about some various other topics. Uh, and we got that right here, I think, right here, Casey, right? All right, cool. Let's go to him. We say hello again, guys, from Augusta National in the 2022 Masters. Brent Martino, Stuart Weber, and we have a massive story building, a big sports story, not just here in Augusta, not just back home in Jacksonville, all around the country, all around the globe, because Tiger Woods is the kind of icon that, well, just doesn't come along very often. We watched him uh, practice, take some sand shots and chips, and he looks good, and he's executing some of those kind of shots. I don't know. He didn't hold any of them out, I guess. <laughs> it's not good could've, enough, right? Could have been better. And we were not the only ones watching, by the way. There was a big gap gallery around Tiger Woods so uh, he continues to be the big story here game time decision but you gotta figure Tiger Woods is playing and teeing this thing up on Thursday I just don't know what would stop him between now and Thursday I, it would have to be some sort of hiccup some sort of you know thing that goes wrong between now and then a tweak or or something because if he came to this point feeling how he's feeling you've got to imagine that he's he's good to go he's ready to go yeah and we'll certainly we and Everybody else across the entire world will have eyes directly on this the entire time. What's pretty interesting is you can tell that Tiger gets a feel of everybody waiting because yesterday yeah. he tweeted out. Usually he can be very quiet. He stays very private. But he tweeted out yesterday that, hey, I'm flying up to Augusta. Yeah, I'm going to be a game-time decision. Yeah. I'm going to give this a go. And then there were pictures floating around. Billy Horschel from Jacksonville, of course, was tweeting about it, said, uh, hey, he looked pretty good. Mm -hmm. He's carrying it 290 off the tee. His swing speed's there. And that's what these guys talk about. Can they hit the ball long enough? Yeah. Uh, and here you got to be able to drive it well, and then, oh, it's about the short game after that. But I just got to believe that coming back here at Augusta is the place that's right for Tiger because he loves it so much. You think about the guys that we've seen on the leaderboard for decades now. Fred Couples can have a bad back, hasn't played well in whatever. He comes back here and he's usually top 10 on a leaderboard yep. sometime in the event, right? And then you get a Bernard Longer. And Phil Mickelson could do the same thing. Now, he's not playing here this right. week, but Phil Mickelson could do the exact same thing. There's a comfort level with playing here from a mental standpoint for Tiger. That's what happens when you win five times. Yeah, and it's your hurt. last big time win in 2019 when we were last here. But you mean the Zozo wasn't a big time win? Yeah, I think you don't have to worry about the mental side for Tiger because he's so comfortable here. Now it's just, hey, can I? physically walk 18 holes Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, uh, assuming he makes the cut. I think part of it, too, is that he didn't want to be on that list of uh, former champions not playing uh, that Phil Mickelson's on this year. Yeah. You know, he, he certainly takes a little bit of pride in being a guy who's going to come out here and perform at one of his favorite venues uh, on this planet Earth. And I think... Uh, He's here to enjoy the Champions Dinner, too. <laughs> Why not? Well, he's I mean, he would have done that anyways, but, like, you know. Hey, keep a, a couple things to, to take note of, right? What's the decky going to have in that, I wonder? <laughs> I don't know. We'll find Decky's that out. actually nursing a bad back. He's yeah. last year's champ, of course. Mm -hmm. But uh, you go back to 2019. Remember the moment. Tiger, right? Winning yeah. his 15th major. Uh, we were here that week for it. The yep. buzz was unreal. Now, we weren't here. We don't want to misrepresent. We weren't here on the weekend. But you could feel that from your couch, what was going on here yeah. with Tiger Woods. And uh, now you go fast forward three years later. It's a totally different circumstance in between we had a pandemic in between we had a november 
Masters. Yeah. We had the April Masters canceled uh, in 2020, or at least postponed and pushed to. Uh, that, that really happened? Yeah. All, that really that, happened? all that really has yeah. happened. And now we feel back to normal. It's a beautiful Monday mm. here at Augusta National. I mean, just perfect. Now, things are going to change. We're going to get some weather in on Tuesday. Yeah. It's going to get cooler later in the week with some threats of weather on Thursday. So even that, you know what happens when you're older? You know what happens when you're injured? That w rain in the colder weather makes you a little, little bit freaky, yeah, You feel, right? it, in the, feel so, it in the kneecaps and such? Yeah, so I keep an eye on that part yeah. of it, too, for Tiger. It could be uncomfortable at times. I don't think it's going to be freezing cold. I mean, you're talking about early morning temps in the low 40s right. and then 60s, but the wind is going to blow. So it's going to feel a lot different than it looks today if you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch, and you're seeing Sewer Weber and I from Augusta National. Yeah. Um, if you're hearing us, well, it always looks good, then, I yeah. guess. But uh, it's if you're just hearing us on ESPN, Azaleas, and bright greens <laughs> everywhere. I mean, if you think about Augusta, what do you think? You think beautiful day, you think beautiful flowers. Well, that's the day we got today on Monday. Yeah. I'm not sure we're going to get that all week is the point. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't think it's going to affect the tournament as much. Maybe a little rain on Thursday, but these guys have like a schedule in their mind of how they want to prepare for a major tournament like this and that's going to throw off some people's schedules uh if, if you know maybe on tuesday they like to do an afternoon round not going to happen this week you know you better get that work in in the morning uh before everything gets a little dark in the skies and that that preparation process uh is big for some of these top players in the world i mean they they put so much time and thought into how they're going to get ready for it, well, it's going to have to move on the fly a little bit this week. Well, let's just say this. If they teed it up today, today was Thursday, the opening round, I would expect some low scores. Very low wind, beautiful temperatures, course playing in immaculate shape. I think later in the week, with the colder temperatures, the wind picks up. It'll be interesting to see how the scoring is affected throughout Thursday through Sunday. No island greens that they have to try and hit yeah, it. I don't have to worry about that. It, it will be, it's not going to be players' championship. Well, we know all about the weather, weather issues. Good, Brett Parker, Stuart Weber here at Augusta National. Uh, let's talk about a couple other storylines, if there there are any outside of Tiger. I don't think you hear them very much. But Cam oh, Smith a couple, yeah. on the podium today, yeah. he is the player's champ. He's mm -hmm. a Jacksonville resident, and this is a guy that's played well here before. So keep an eye on Cam Smith. Uh, after a little layoff, after the win yep. and celebration at the Players' Championship, he comes to Augusta feeling good about his game. Yeah, you got to have that confidence, not only in, obviously, how he played at the stadium course, but he's got three top tens in the last four events. That includes the fall one and a couple spring ones as well. So he has played well here in Augusta, and that's as a relatively unknown guy during a good chunk of that. Yeah, he's had some wins, but he hasn't competed at really the other majors quite like he has at Augusta. So he has shown an ability when it comes to playing at the Masters and contending at the Masters. I mean, second-place finish to Dustin Johnson in the fall event uh, just a couple of years ago. So uh, Cameron Smith, what, what a double that would be, huh? Well, I mean, players, go, and go players and wow. Masters. That'd be something if Cam Smith. Cam Smith's a world-class player, yeah. too. But like you said, he's a little bit under the radar. Yeah. He's not the household name <laughs> these other guys are. Even, with a, even with a mullet. Even know, with a mullet. mullet would draw yeah. all the attention. Uh, and he likes to have fun. Dustin yeah. Johnson, by the way, uh, not a lot of personality there, but a heck of a game. No. And you mentioned it. He won the November mm -hmm. Masters. He's wore the green jacket. And he also comes in after that match play championship, I think, playing really good golf. No. Keep an eye on DJ here. I think he also is a guy that sometimes floats under the radar because of the personality. Mm -hmm. Keep an eye on him here this week at Augusta National. Yeah, he'll be one to watch. I know we were talking about some of these guys that, that you know, as we're having lunch in the room, you see the top ten from a, yeah. a year ago. Jordan Spieth about up that? on that, that list. John Rahm, a guy who had the best Sunday, shot six under on Sunday last year in this tournament uh, to move his way into the top ten. And obviously Hideki Matsuyama was was the big story winning that thing uh, but a lot of the big names really showed up towards the back end of this tournament last year as often happens at, at the masters john rom will be one of the betting favorites of course
course, Jordan Spieth, uh, he loves this place, too. We talk about the Tigers and Phils who love the place. Well, he loves it, too. And then let's add one more name to the mix to yeah. keep an eye on, folks. If you're doing pools or whatever Casey does, yeah. uh, and we'll make our picks on Wednesday. Sure. But where is Rory McIlroy gone from everybody's headlines? Yeah. And Rory McIlroy needs this for the Grand Slam, right? That's a story that almost has gone away. Used to be a story every year we came back to Augusta. Mm -hmm. It really doesn't feel like one. But Rory McIlroy has all the talent in the world, all the capabilities to win this event here. And maybe this is the way to be for Rory. Just kind of sneak up on people and be like, hey, guys, don't forget about me. And then maybe lap the field. It is funny thinking about a guy like that sneaking up on a field, just considering the immense amount of talent he has. But when you're talking about a, a limited field like you said 91 entries uh, that's 91 really good players though so uh It'll be interesting to see if, if Rory can, can make a little noise on Thursday and Friday and, and show up there for that weekend leaderboard. Uh, let's talk uh, another sport and a national championship tonight. We'll crown a master champ next Sunday. But a this is Jim Nance week, really, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> let's uh, fuel up uh, the private jet. North yeah. Carolina and Kansas. Listen, we got Blue Bloods. It's a big-time game with two teams playing. Well, you talk about under the radar, yeah. Stuart. Kansas might be the biggest under-the-radar, like best team in the country kind of team we can remember. Everybody was talking about St. Peter's all tournament. Yep. They're talking about Miami out of that bracket, mm -hmm. remember. Uh, they've been talking about Coach K and Duke and now the emergence of North so, Carolina. Yeah. But nobody's really talking about Kansas. And yeah. Kansas, seriously, might be the best team in the land, and they get a chance to prove it tonight. Well, there's a reason they have that seed in front of, in front of their team name uh, before the tournament to, to garnish that kind of attention. And, and yeah, I mean, that, that's the thing. You look at that the semifinal night, I mean, they took it to Villanova. They played so well to Kansas as kind of that, that game that, like you said, might have been a little bit of an afterthought with the UNC-Duke still to follow right afterwards. Everyone's, you know, thinking about the Coach K farewell and all that. Well, Kansas just comes out and shows who they are yeah. and does it against a really good Villanova team. And now they have to do it again against a really good North Carolina team. Don't let the seeding fool you. No, you know, they're, playing they're playing really good. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see. I'm, I'm excited. Hopefully, hopefully it's a, a little more competitive all the way through than the women's game was on Sunday night. Uh, South Carolina gets the, the big victory in that one, but they, they really had a good, good sizable lead over UConn the whole time. UConn kept trying to come back in it, uh, so we'll see. We'll see what happens We did one. get an awesome game Saturday Could be a night. Carolina double. North Ca yeah, South Carolina, North Carolina yeah, on back-to-back -back nights. North Carolina, Duke was awesome Saturday night. First yeah. time they've ever met in the tournament. It was unbelievable. I'm you, not going to lie. You mean people weren't watch, watching Action Sports X well, primetime with me and they were, they were watching they were. that game instead? Uh, they DVR'd Action Sports X primetime. Yeah, you're talking. But uh, 1030 on Fox 30, 1130 on CBS 47 yeah. every Saturday and Sunday folks i listen i thought the game was tremendous i'm not gonna lie to you as that game ended i felt like i kind of wanted duke to win yeah uh the coach k story i thought it was kind of like oh man that's it yeah you know and by the way making a final four in coach k's last year is terrific mm -hmm. we all know how we don't have to sit here and tell everybody how great coach k has been over his years i also sure. think a lot of people don't like duke we know that they're kind of like the yankees of the sport um but i will say i mean i would have been more excited about tonight's game if, it was duke. if duke was playing kansas yeah i'm not saying it's going to be a bad game because it north right. carolina's playing unbelievable basketball but i think i would have liked the story line here of Duke going for a national title. I think it would have carried more intrigue as yeah. well. And Duke's really good. I mean, they, they were a couple free throws away from probably being a little different in that game on Saturday night. But I think we got to at least appreciate 
how good that game was on Saturday night for those teams to first ever meeting in the NCAA tournament, which is absolutely ridiculous. So wild. I said all last week, it was the craziest thing I think I've ever heard mm -hmm. that they hadn't met. And then to put on that kind of show, hopefully we get that kind of show tonight. Yeah, that's that's the funny thing is that you have to live up to that now yeah. for the championship game. And sometimes, sometimes that can be a dud. Sometimes now. it's really tough to do when you have a really good game there and then you try and live up to it. I mean, we kept watching that in the NFL playoffs. It was like early in the playoffs, you just had every single game was great. And you're like, how do you follow this? And then they did. So we'll see if uh, we're able to follow it up uh, with a terrific championship game tonight. That's the, that's the plan. Oh, here's the deal. We are at Augusta National, the Masters 2022 week. Talking a little bit everything, but obviously talking a lot about Tiger Woods as well. We'll come back uh, in another hour or so and have one more update here on a Monday. And we'll keep you posted on Tuesday as well. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 on the road here at the 2022 Masters. Stuart Weber, Brent Martineau. You can watch us Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch if you want to see the beautiful grounds at Augusta. Put in back there. On ESPN 690. All right, guys, back to you. Casey, Tiger Woods at Augusta. Is he going to pull out something new that we've never seen before in terms of golf fashion? I don't think you, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. You, you know, like when, hey, this is, and I understand, I'm sure there's more of like a dress code, right? I mean, you have to abide by it. It's not like you're playing with the players where it's a little more casual. I'm sure there is a dress code policy. Right. But if you're Nike and you're the king of athletic wear, yeah. you, you got to unveil something new I'd for do. the return of Tiger Woods. I'd go words. Going this way, up and down, up and down, whatever direction that is. Okay, that's kind of retro, but go on. I go the word I'm. Okay, back, back. <sighs> yeah. Uh huh. Hey. Yeah. Boom. <laughs> you know what I'm good. saying? I, I mean, I didn't like where you're going through the beginning with the words that going down, I know but you now, like it. but now I'm not mad at that. Yeah. I got nothing else to say. More action sports, Jack. So we get back.